Hi friends, welcome to the Waterworks podcast, episode 26. We are in season three, How to Unleash Your Badass Joy Enthusiast. And this episode with Missy Schoonover as my co-host is all about fasting. The outline, just so you have an idea of where we're headed with this, is first, Missy and I talk about fasting in its various forms. Then we go into a description of a fast from the Bible, from the book of Esther, and we talk about that for a little bit. And then we go back to our experience of fasting, what it has meant for us, and kind of what we've known in terms of why we're fasting. So I hope that this episode gives you some encouragement to ask God if you should fast from food or technology or whatever it might be. Um, And don't forget to like, comment, and share. We are so grateful that you are listening. And just as a reminder, Waterworks Ministries is a ministry of prayer through spiritual direction, coaching, training, and retreats, and we also do justice work. If you are interested in spiritual direction, we do have some openings coming up at the end of April 2019, so feel free to contact us through Facebook or Instagram, and at both, we are at Waterworks Ministries. You can also find us online at www dot waterworksministries.org. I am your host, Karen Weiss, and enjoy the podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome again to the Waterworks Ministries podcast. We are in season three, all about unleashing our badass joy enthusiast. And again with me, she's, well, she's just the co-host for this season. Let's be real. Um, I have Missy Schoonover. Welcome, Missy. Thank you. Huzzah. 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 Huzzah, friends. So today's episode is called All About the Good. And we're going to be talking about fasting, why people fast. We're going to give a biblical example, um, a fairly extreme biblical example, but it puts things in perspective. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what Missy and I have gained from fasting and how fasting looks in our lives. Um, So here we go. (laughs) Here we go. All about fasting. All about fasting. And it's always for the good. Always. So why do we fast? Well, you know, years ago, I would hear about people fasting and I thought it was the strangest thing I'd ever heard. Like, why would you choose to restrict your diet. Because for me, at that time in my infancy, in my walk with the Lord, I assumed fasting was always about food and deprivation. And well, why would you do that? Like it was a choice. So the closer that I came to the Lord and the more that I opened myself up to him and to the Holy Spirit's prompting me for what would be the next best choice for me, um, I got to learn pretty quickly that fasting For me, and I think for a lot of people, fasting doesn't have anything to do with me Mm -hmm. or making me feel deprived or me feel uh, 
yeah. like you're sacrificing. Right, like right. Or, you know, some, like, some kind oh, of punishment. Oh, poor something. me. You know, look what God's making me do. Oh, well, well, well. you know, there's a reason that scripture teaches us that if you're fasting, you should not be out there wailing and telling everyone about how awful, horrible, terrible it is. You know, there's a yeah. reason that scripture says, you know, basically put your lipstick on, girl, and get out there. Nobody mm -hmm. should know that you're fasting. Uh, because it really is a spiritual, mm -hmm. a spiritual benefit. But sometimes the Lord will use foods or drinks or activities, mm -hmm. anything for me, anything that is hindering my openness to hear his voice, mm -hmm. a lot of times is what I will be called to fast from. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's not always food or drink. Yeah. And you and I are different in that, mm -hmm. um, where for me, it's pretty much always food. Yes. Um. <laughs> yes. Yours are very different. My and and very specific. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, you know, so basically, we fast for spiritual transformation. Amen. Uh, which we have no control over, and and that needs to be the thing behind the thing. Like we're not doing this so that we can think that we're manipulating God or, um, you know, kind of like prayer, how, you know, we ask for certain things to happen because we, you know, we're trying, oh, we're praying for this. You know, we mm -hmm. want, we want you to be healed or we want, you know, a good outcome to this situation, yeah. but it's really about the control. Yeah. And and fasting can be used mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. um, all good things can all, be all good things can be manipulated. Yeah. Uh, for example, I can be praying in earnest for something that I really, 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 really want, and trick myself into thinking that if I throw in at the end, if it's your will, Lord, if it's your will, <laughs> but I've just spent the last however long yeah. telling God why it needs to be. It needs to be His will. Yeah. His will which hello, it's not the will according to Missy. <laughs> but, you know, those are those types of things that can be manipulated. You can say, oh, I spent, you know, two hours in prayer when really all I was maybe doing was talking at God, telling him what he needed to do, which yeah. thank heavens for grace and mercy because yeah. Yeah, sometimes... I'm pretty sure God has a filter. Has to. Like, like oh, she's going down that road. Yeah, Volume down. <laughs> I'm, I still care. I still care. I still love you. I still hear you. I still yeah. see what's in your heart, but I'm not going to listen to this right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so fasting, like, and for those of you who are not familiar with the Old Testament, mm. fasting is hardcore in the Old Testament and it's a collective thing. Yes. And that's the, that's one of the things that I want to highlight here is the difference between like what Missy and I are going to be talking about in terms of our experience is more of an individual fasting um, we have not been a part of a social or mm -hmm. kind of cultural fast um, or a community fast yeah. of some kind they happen they're very intentional um, they do you know what I think the leaders think that they're doing but that's not our experience. No. We're not discounting that in any mm -hmm. way, uh, but ours have been much more individual in nature. And I was just invited on Tuesday. There is a local to us um, mm -hmm. 
where we're recording from today, there is a, a congregation that the pastor has called a fest, mm -hmm. a congregation-wide fest. And one of the ladies of that congregation felt it on her heart to open it up to everyone in our small group that is not with that congregation. And I was just sitting there and I was listening to her mm -hmm. describe the fast and exactly what Karen just said. And I hadn't told you this before no. now, but um, as I was listening to her describe the fast that the congregation was doing, every, every part of my spidey senses went off because it was very clear to me that the pastor was dictating to the flock, mm -hmm. this is how our fast is going to work. This is how we're going to do it. And oh. this is going to be the outcome, which is so oh. different from any experience that I've read about or studied in the Old Testament or what I've experienced myself. So collective fasts are wonderful, but be very prayerful yeah. when you go into one. Because there's, there's no dictating the outcome. Like that's not, no that's not why people fast no um, so in terms of spiritual transformation um, there's purging like getting rid of stuff purifying mm -hmm. you know the refiner's fire i've noticed that things like shake loose because mm. it seems like fairly often i'll fast and then like within a week i'll have a spiritual direction session <laughs> yes so yeah whole, those times with my spiritual director after a fast are, well, they're, I can't even describe, like <laughs> they're incredibly transformational, um, yeah. surprisingly transformational at times. Um, but fasting also helps us hold things loosely. Um, if we are attached to something that we mm. shouldn't be attached to, we can notice that after the fast, our relationship to things or people has changed yes often for the better fasting can be a time of preparation and so when we get to the scripture that we're going to talk about um, that was definitely a, a preparation kind of thing um, but then there's there's also the physical aspect mm. of fasting where it's amazing how for me anyway, I've noticed there are mental and thought pattern changes that happen during fasts. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a one on the Enneagram. So I have an inner critic monologue going pretty much all the time. That's, com that's comparing and contrasting and judging and like those kind of things. Now it's a lot quieter than it used to be, like significantly quieter, but I think through fasting, a lot of that has been able to shift or change. And so it, it's just different. But then there's also some physical and emotional things that go along with fasting as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I will use myself as an example, because I just came off a 21 day Daniel fast. Uh, I'm not sure who knew, my husband. Well, I Missy, knew. Missy knew, <laughs> my spiritual director knew. <laughs> Like it was one of those comments I made in passing in our direction mm -hmm. session, like the 10th or whenever it was this month. Mm -hmm. um, but I was so surprised this time, hear me people this time. Cause the other, there have been other times where it has been a complete and total slog and awful and, and whatever. But this time, when you go from Christmas yes. with 
you know, all of the rich foods and, you know, I eat a fairly large amount of meat. Um, my husband is an avid hunter. We have deer and, you know, I eat, I love eggs, chicken, you know, all mm -hmm. these things. Um, I went in on January 1st and I had no real withdrawal symptoms from anything, which I was shocked because I was drinking a lot of decaffeinated coffee and that still has caffeine. I was eating dark chocolate, has caffeine in it. I had been pounding sugar, which sugar and I don't get along, but it was one of those kind yeah. of compulsive you, things. You have a love-hate with sugar. I do have a love-hate with sugar. I think a lot of people can relate to that. And mm -hmm. I, you know, this time for whatever reason, I had no, I had no issues. I was joking with my husband that it was the good thing he was leaving for the weekend, um, that first weekend to go hunting because I might be a screaming banshee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, and sometimes I've had, I've had people, you know, comment, oh, you know, the fasting, it's so terrible. And the physical side of it, like, why would God do this to me? God isn't doing that to you. That's just the part of physiology that your body, for me, years ago, you know, it's caffeine. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a point in time I still, unfortunately, indulge in caffeine way too much. Um, I have doctors tell me, Karen knows, you know, every time I'm there, you need to cut back the caffeine. And the Lord called a fast for me years ago, and it was all caffeine. Like I was during Lent. It was and it was during Lent, yes. And and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. I that okay. I was not nice to be around. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, that oh, this will be interesting. Uh, that was not your tone of voice. During I was that not time. happy, and it was one of the <laughs> you know, and that was one of the first fasts that I really felt. I didn't decide to do it. Clearly, I didn't choose. I've had people ask me, well, how, how do you know? Mm. Well, it's, it's just for me, it's just when I'm in a time of quiet listening or I'm in scripture, for me, it's almost like a cartoon bubble will pop up and be like, hey, you're going to start fasting from this tomorrow. Like I never have yeah. one called that's like immediate. I always have like tomorrow. But when I fasted from caffeine, I did have the physical effects mm. of that but that had nothing to do with my lord mm -mm. that had to do with my body's dependence and addiction to caffeine mm -hmm. and what i walk away from every time i fast the lord is directing me to something that i am placing more value time energy mm -hmm. towards than i am him mm -hmm. so for me my transformation comes from the awareness that it can be something as simple as what am I spending my time eating or drinking or doing or not doing that's distracting me from him. So fasting isn't always, you know, too many people think that fasting is horrible, awful and punishment. And it's not, it's not, it's a beautiful thing. I was yeah. mean at times during that, that caffeine fast. Yes. Karen's shaking her head. I wasn't mean to people, but poor Karen, she heard all about it. And my husband at one point was like, can't you just like <laughs> Have drink a cup, of a cup of coffee? And I said, no. But when I came through it, <laughs> but when I came through it, I felt so much better. I felt yeah. so much healthier. But you know what? I, I went back and mm -hmm. I do now drink too much coffee. But fasting is not a punishment. It's mm -hmm. not 
but those physical things. So when Karen started the Daniel fast this time and didn't have any of those physical reactions to me, when she told me that to me, you know, when I prayed for her that day, I, it was really more of a praise for her that her body and her spirit were so integrated mm -hmm. that the body said, Oh, okay, this is for our good. And you didn't experience those things. Mm -hmm. That was, that was a huge, mm -hmm. huge thing. Yeah. I did have a protein powder shake every day because I was tracking what I was eating and you wanted to, to make that. sure that I got at least 70 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, otherwise it was like, this is, this is fine. So real quickly, mm -hmm. we're going to go through and describe the different kinds of fast because I've mentioned a Daniel fast. You've mentioned a fast during Lent. Um, and there are other fasts as well. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? There were so many different ways to have fun with fasting. Long ago, I thought a fast was a fast. Ooh, yeah. I was wrong. So there's the what I will call the standard fast, which is fasting for a period of time, generally like 24 hours from food. Mm -hmm. um, not liquids. Now, granted, you don't want to be like mainlining Mountain Dew. Right, right. But, you know, water, some diluted juice, you know, something like that. That's, when people think of fasting, I think that's what that's they what, generally that, that's the think That's the common, of. what yeah. people think of, right. Then there's the hardcore fast that we see in scripture a couple times, like when Moses was up on the mountain mm -hmm. and he fasted from food and drink for 40 days. Uh, not recommended by anyone, anywhere, anytime. Right. Just putting that out there. Right. Uh, and disclaimer, if you're going to fast, like for a fairly long time, consult your family physician. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, it's, yeah. But, but you know, side note, just, mm. uh, there, there have been, there were years in my life that I was insulin dependent, mm. not type one diabetic, but um, early onset type two. And I was concerned at different times mm -hmm. of fasting that it was going to be a medically um, detrimental thing mm -hmm. for me to do. And I just kept praying about it and praying about it. And I did talk to my doctor and my doctor said, just be very careful and, and check your blood sugar mm -hmm. more often. And, you know, the Lord held me because mm -hmm. my blood sugars remained very constant, which did not make any mm -hmm. medical sense. Yeah. Which just gave me an opportunity to witness to the doctor who now has since moved away from the area. <laughs> but, um, but yes, make sure if you have any sort of medical condition, um, that you do speak with, with whoever your mm -hmm. provider is, because yeah. you don't want to do something detrimental to your health. And then like John Wesley, because we always, you know, when talking about fasting, I always seem to talk about J-dubs. Mm -hmm. He fasted on Wednesday and Friday pretty much forever. <laughs> yeah, like every week of his entire life. And well, now I don't know if Susanna Wesley, his mother, required fasting of him. Probably not. But when he was at, was it Oxford, Cambridge? I don't remember. Um, it was Christ Church uh, College something of that nature. And I think there's one at Oxford and Cambridge. Hmm. Anywho, so he started this thing called the Holy Club <laughs> because 
Charles, his brother, didn't want to lead it. He was like, eh, I'm not into that. Hey, John, <laughs> you're teaching here. Why don't you come lead this merry band of men? So that group started fasting and he would preach about it on a fairly regular basis, you know, fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays and you fast from dinner, you know, after dinner on Tuesday through Wednesday breakfast, Wednesday lunch, and then you break your fast as all good English people do yes. with tea at like four o'clock. Mm -hmm. um, so that was basically the fast and Methodists for a really long time, I think did that. Um, so, so there's that. Uh, what other fasts am I forgetting? Well, we've been talking mostly about food. Oh, but, yeah. You know, there's there's the obvious in today's culture, mm -hmm. people saying, oh, I need a break from social media. You know, that if done in a prayerful way, that can be a fast. Mm -hmm. That can be a time of separation from something that has been distracting you or um, taking up too much taking up time. too much time that you you take a break from something. Mm -hmm. It could be, uh, you know, maybe a whatever it is activity that is that the Lord has placed on your heart that is not mm -hmm. your best use of your time, you could take a fast from that. It's not always about food. Predominantly, it is a food um, or a type of food or mm -hmm. all food, but you can fast from activities or mm -hmm. or other types or of, other things or other yeah. things, lack of activity. You know, some mm -hmm. people, uh, a lady in my small group, talking about how she finds herself becoming more and more lazy. So for her, mm. her fasting is not necessarily removing something. She's adding things into her schedule, intentional, mm. intentional about it, um, hmm. which her pastor told her wasn't really fasting. So again, take everything with a grain of salt, <laughs> a block of salt, maybe. A block of salt, <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and the Daniel fast that I just did mm. um, is basically vegetables anything grown from a seed mm -hmm. so like i could eat pasta um rice all veggies all fruits um, dried fruits if they didn't have added sugar um, but no added sugar of any kind so no honey no stevia like no art no artificial anything you're basically making your food yourself well, except for the pasta. I did not make my own pasta. Uh, no, no, that would, no. Um, you know, but like just, and the added sugar is what got me. Like I went, cause usually if I do a Daniel fast, I'll make my own granola. Mm -hmm. I really didn't feel like making my own granola this year. So I ended up going to Wegmans and buying the Ezekiel four, nine cereal that had no added sugar. And so I just ate that every day. And it's really good. It is. It's like super it's, good for it's, you. And it's it tastes amazing. Yeah. Um, it's very nutty without mm -hmm. any without any nuts. nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, That's why I like it because mm -hmm. I can have it oh, with mm -hmm. our son's tree allergies. I yes. tree nut allergies. I can't have anything with nuts. So that's that's good stuff. Yeah. So no meat, no added sugar, like no um, nothing. That would be considered rich or a delicacy. So no coffee, no tea. Um, I had hot water with lemon or just regular water. So that's a Daniel fast. If you Google it, 
Susan Gregory's book will probably come up. She's generally the resource that I go to, and that's, I think, from 2010. Um, but yeah, so those are the different fasts, why we fast. Um, but keep in mind that you could pray and the Lord could lead you to a fast that we've never even heard of before because yeah. it is individual because it is for your personal transformation, mm -hmm. not to fit into a box. So yeah. just, just be open. Yes. But those are the more mainstream. Common, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if there is such a thing. Yeah, if there is such a thing. Because really, let's stop and think about it. When was the last time someone just, you know, waiting in line at the checkout counter said, hey, making small talk, hey, so do you fast? <laughs> people don't talk about this, so. No, and that's the, like, anytime I bring it up to people, people are like, oh, well, I couldn't do that. I'm like, first of all, hogwash. Yeah. You don't want to do it. Yeah. Secondly, like you, a lot of people say that they want transformation. They want to be more like Christ. Mm. I'm going to go with no. Like if you are unwilling to fast, mm -hmm. th there's some, there's some resistance within you that, that fasting is bringing out. Like Absolutely. There's, there's deeper there's issues to, to work through. So, and I'm, I, from my experience, if it is truly the Lord seeking to have that intimacy with me by removing something, mm -hmm. it's not something that I can say no to. Mm -hmm. But if it's me saying, I think I want to do a fast, then I'm going to be miserable because the Lord's not in it. And I'm trying to manipulate again, just like we were mm -hmm. talking earlier. So if you're saying to yourself, I can't do that. Maybe, maybe it's not your time yet, mm. or mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you're the roadblock. Um, so just pray about that and just say, you know, Lord, show me yeah. if this is something that I should explore more with you because mm -hmm. the Lord has to be in it. Yes. Has to be in it. Yeah. It's not just something flippant that you all of a sudden just, well, that's not true. Missy and I did that when we first started fasting <laughs> and it did <laughs> not like, end well. For me, I was not, it did not end well. And that was how I learned the lesson. Yeah. Yeah, not something to be undertaken flippantly. No. Or, mm -mm. you know, cavalierly. Mm -mm. But at the same time, I think it's one of those spiritual practices that is, at least for me, has been incredibly transformational. Yes. And so when I hear people say, oh, I could never do that, my thought is you have no idea what you're missing. Mm -hmm. um, there's such a beauty and a grace in it, even when it can feel like a slog at times, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. you will come through it. You will, you will come through it. And it's not, and you it's will for such a short time yeah. often. And you will come through it changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that brings us to talking about Esther. Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. So, uh, yeah, we may not ref, we may reference Jesus, but we might not actually reference the New Testament generally. So, Esther is a book in the Old Testament, short little book. Very short. Um, it's so full, so, so rich. Yeah. Do you want to give a summary since you studied it for six months? Um, I did study it for six months. And, and when, my, when I started the study of Esther for six months, I thought, how in the world is this going to take six months? Oh, it, it could be a TV show today. There mm -hmm. are so many, uh, you know, intrigues and, and things along it. But, you know, so often people 
are like, oh, Esther, Queen Esther. Well, you know, there was a woman before she was queen <laughs> who was taken from her family. Uh, this was back in the time of, you know, Babylon and, and well, we're in the Old and Testament. The exile. And the exile. Yeah. And she was taken and she was fortunate because her uncle was also, you know, with her. But there were just a lot of really bad actors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the whole scene, mm -hmm. but, but we're constantly told in the scripture, Esther was the most beautiful mm -hmm. and Esther was, you know, the best at this and the most at that. So you would think that historically she mm -hmm. would have been treated pretty well. And she was, mm -hmm. she was set aside. Um, you know, a lot of the other, uh, Israelites were not treated as well. And, you know, the king kind of took an eye to her, mm -hmm. which was the case. That's a whole other podcast about, you know, that whole part of history of yeah. many wives. And anyways, but, but when she realized that her people, her people, yeah. the people of God, that they were threatened she was a woman in biblical times, first and foremost. We can't forget that. Women, no matter how beautiful, no matter how captivating, they did not have value. Mm -mm. They could not go and... Um, Request an audience with the king. Even like, if it were your husband. You couldn't yeah. do that. Like and, you had to be summoned as a woman. Oh, so let's just... So glad I don't live then. Yeah. I would have not lasted very long. Mm -hmm. I would have been thrown into the lion pit. <laughs> My mouth would have gotten me in trouble but but esther her love for the people and her love for god was such that she knew that god was calling her to be bold and to mm -hmm. do some pretty brave things but she knew that she couldn't do it under her own mm -hmm. her own power so what would she do like what would a, what was a woman to do mm -hmm. well what do women today do they throw a dinner party right we mm -hmm. want to convince someone yep. Oh, I don't know, maybe a spouse, <laughs> you know, good food, good drink. Mm -hmm. So she tries a lot of different things mm -hmm. to get the ear of the king, her husband, to save her people from, um, let's just call it what it is, they were going to be killed. They, yeah. they were going to be. There was going to be genocide. They were going to. All of them. All of them. All of the Jews. And, and Esther, of course, is Jewish. But not everyone knows mm -hmm. that she's Jewish. Ah, oh, there's the twist. There's the cliffhanger, you know, if mm -hmm. it were a TV show. Oh, who knows that she's Jewish? So she goes through all of these things. Uh, we don't have a lot of, of description, but, you know, she does try some things on her own and they don't work. But then it becomes very obvious to her that she and her handmaidens or whatever you want to call them, they are called to a fast. Mm -hmm. And... And the Jewish people too, right? And then those, right, those, those people in her inner chamber then shared with their families, mm -hmm. we're in danger, but the mm -hmm. Lord will save us. The Lord will provide, but we, we are fasting. So think about that. Mm -hmm. They are in exile. There are people who want to see them all killed. Mm -hmm. And what did they do? The Lord calls a fast, hmm. which physically, when you're not eating, you're not drinking, 
it makes you weaker, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, no. We see that their strength came from their their commitment to the Lord and from from what He led them through. But and it was a hardcore fast. Oh, it was from food and, and drink, drink and all liquids. So they yes. they did this for three days, which I can't I can't imagine. imagine doing it for one whole day. But they did. They all of them. Mm -hmm. All of them. The people. So when we were talking about collective versus individual fast, this was a collective fast for the good of the people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully to have an outcome where they wouldn't all be slaughtered. Yeah. Yeah. But but when you read the scripture, you see that it was not a manipulation mm -hmm. at all. This was... It was God calling the fast. This was God saying to them do this which we see in the old testament the lord will say to them do this and i will be faithful mm -hmm. not that he's not going to be faithful if you don't but do this and and i will show mm -hmm. you yeah the the results but again esther a woman mm -hmm. a woman the lord spoke through mm -hmm. her and they fasted for three whole days they did not tell everyone they were fasting. They did not announce it on the top of the rooftop, screaming it. Mm -hmm. Esther didn't, you know, refuse to wash her hair or whatever and be like, oh, I'm so hungry. You know, she went about her daily, mm -hmm. uh, her daily duties as the wife of the king. Um, it, it really, go read it if you haven't, mm -hmm. because there was another queen. I mean, it could be a TV show today. Yeah. You know, but wait, the tabloids would be all over it. You know, there was another queen. Esther was not the one and only. Yeah. There's just all this all this going on, but the but the people of Israel, they came together as mm -hmm. one and they fasted from all food, from all drink. And during that fast, it wasn't that they just weren't eating and drinking, they were in prayer mm -hmm. all the time. And I find myself when I'm fasting mm -hmm. constantly in prayer to the Lord during that time. Mm -hmm. So what happened? Karen, do you want to share the cliffhanger? <laughs> I brought it all dun, the way to dun, there. Dun. Dun. What happened? <laughs> so Esther, um, because you have to be summoned to see the queen, to see the king. Uh, and if you by chance get caught trying to see the king without being summoned, uh, you are instantly killed. Mm -hmm. um, Esther kind of walked, she, she did some pacing, we'll call it. She paced back and forth in a hallway mm -hmm. a couple times. And I think it was the third time. It was the third, lots of threes. Lots mm -hmm. of threes. Mm -hmm. The third time she started to pace, uh, the king saw her through a curtain and was like, Queen Esther, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. You know, what would you like? It's always a good thing when a king asks you, what, what would, would you, you like? like? Mm -hmm. But she was so bold <laughs> she was, to be out there like pacing. Yeah. She shouldn't have even been there. No, and we don't know if she had her attendance with her or whatnot, but even so, like king's she, business is king's business. She was not even supposed to be near that chamber. Yeah. Mm -mm. So she was so bold. She was so bold. Theoretically trespassing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... You know, the king asks her what she wants and, you know, it. then it's a complete and total turn the dial where Haman 
thought that he was going to be able to kill all of the Israelites, but then he ends up being put on a pole mm-hmm. himself. Um, and Mordecai, Esther's uncle, uncle. that they didn't know, that they didn't know, you know, was they the uncle. Know. He ends up being, you know, replacing Haman or something like and that. And Haman was like the king's hand. He was the yeah. right hand person. Not Haman, chief steward, but Haman was the in this story. You know, Haman is the snuggly whiplash. Mm-hmm. He's the villain of the story, yeah. and you just see him thinking. Well, first he thought that he was going to be able to kill Esther, mm-hmm. and he didn't even know that she was one of the Jewish people. Yeah, think of the uh, king's attendant in Aladdin. Yes, <laughs> whatever that dude's name was. Oh yeah, um, that. That's, That's kind of the Heyman. same vibe as this guy. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And she was a woman that the Lord was working through, was able to say to her husband, the king, don't kill my people. Mm-hmm. And he was so confused. I would never That's kill your family. I would never kill your family. And she's like, Mordecai is my family. The Jewish yeah. people, they are mine and I am theirs. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful book of the Bible mm-hmm. that I don't think gets nearly enough study. Um, and he he's shocked. Yeah. Because then Haman is like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he knows oh, what's coming. Oh no, because Haman had been invited to these dinner parties that mm-hmm. she threw and, and all these things. And he, I can just, you can just picture it. Yeah, you, you can, can just, just see the it. wheels turning. But the Lord yeah. worked through their through their fasting to give to give her the strength mm-hmm. to do what she needed to do and also to reveal to the king and to the world, I am Jewish and these are my people and this is my God. And then for the king to elevate Mordecai mm-hmm. into such a position of honor. You know, it's just it's Yeah, there's a lot there. For like 10 chapters. It's a very small book, but like I said, it is so loaded. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you stop and you start to really tear it apart and and, and dissect it and and just look at all of the nuances and all of the the political power Mm -hmm. plays, if you will. Yes, there's a lot of bloodshed in the Old Testament. You know, I, I hear people say that all the time. Oh, it's so bad. Culturally at the time, that was how things were handled. And yes, Haman did end up on a pole. I mean, he was executed and then he was put on display for others to see. Yeah. But the Israelites that were in exile, God's chosen people, they were protected. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Esther, the three day fast was that, that, um, that, that pivotal, Mm -hmm. that pivotal sacrifice, if you would, that they made, but look at what they gained. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. It was a it was a time of preparation. They were preparing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think, in terms of a communal fast, that's that's one of my favorites because the results. Um, it was for one woman, like the community essentially was fasting for a woman, yes, to be able to have influence mm-hmm. with the king. Yes. And that for her to have favor with her husband, the yeah. king, which sounds weird, for which us sounds to very say. strange. But for that time, you know, just and you do really need to read it or, or look about mm-hmm. cultural, you know, implications at that time. We just can't say it enough how how brave mm-hmm. Esther 
was, but her motivation wasn't to elevate her ranking or her standing. She risked her life for the love of her people, for the love of her people and out of obedience to her God mm -hmm. and newsflash her God of the old Testament is our God today. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I'm thinking, Oh, this is hard. I do because I did do the study of Esther mm -hmm. for six months. I do a lot of the times think of her and, and if you've ever seen in your date book, you know how sometimes different observances oh, will be, you know, in your date book. If you've ever seen the word Purim and you're not really sure what that is, read the book of Esther because it'll explain yeah. it. P-U-R-I-M. <laughs> so yeah. we won't go into that. That's your homework for the next <laughs> podcast. Maybe we'll reveal because yeah. being a badass joy enthusiast does have some personal responsibility that comes along with it. Yeah, so. there's a lot of personal responsibility <laughs> that comes along with this. So I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I just want to go over some of the maybe main differences that we've seen in our fasts. Because mm. um, as Missy was saying, she often will fast from things. Yes. Um, where mine is primarily food and my fasts tend to be fairly long, generally. Mm -hmm. um, so this 21-day Daniel fast was actually short for me. For you, that was very short. Um, there's only been one time where I fasted from all food and drink, and that was very peculiar. That was this fall. Um, yeah, that was just strange. I haven't quite unpacked that yet. Mm -hmm. So backing up into the fall of 2017 into 2018, from I think it was like August through December, I was wow. fasting Wednesday and Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and you were doing a total fast it, on Wednesday and Friday. From food. Yes. Oh, yes, clearly. Anytime we say a yeah. total fast, it was like from all food. So Don't ever eliminate liquids. That's yeah. just... So I... I ended up making like homemade Gatorade, Yes, <laughs> homemade Gatorade recipe that I appreciate from the no meat athlete. Um, but I had no idea why I was doing it. And generally I have no idea why I'm fasting. Uh, Missy, on the other hand, I usually fairly know. frequently. I, I usually will have a sense. I might not know exactly what the, I, well, I never know. Let me rephrase that. I never know what the outcome mm -hmm. of a fast is going to be, but I will have it revealed to me over the course of the first few days of the fast. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I could be just doing something random, washing my dishes, and it will pop in my head. The cartoon bubble will come up mm -hmm. and I'll be like, oh. But then as I, as I pray into that, I will mm -hmm. then start to get, clues or signals as to this is why I'm going to be fasting from this. Hmm. For example, I'm in the middle or I, well, I can't say I'm in the middle because I don't know when it's going to end. So I could be in the very, very beginning, but for, for several months, I have been on a pretty, pretty sound social media fast. Um, I went onto Facebook the other day because my mom had asked me to upload a picture that she had taken at Christmas and I did. And for some reason I start getting all of these messages from people, text messages. Oh, I'm so glad to see you're back on social media. I'm so glad to see you're back. And I had to respond to these people and say, I'm not, I just uploaded a picture 
because, you know, I was asked to. I saw that and I was like, why is she updating her profile picture? Mm-hmm. Because I, because Brenda asked for it. So, and that's the best way for me to get it to her. So that's what I did. And I have other relatives around the country who were asking like, oh, we haven't seen a picture for a while. So it was just a convenience thing. But for me, it was a very sudden, like, I almost deleted it. Um, I did delete it off of my phone. Um, because for me, what I found happening was I was starting to become very judgmental. Um, I would get on Facebook and I would see things that I considered to be just outlandish and just all of the petty bickering and, and, and to be quite honest, a lot of things that I would consider to be almost obscene that people will post. And the Lord was just really speaking to me, you know, what should you be casting your eyes upon? What should you be thinking about? Why, why are these things bothering you? And none of it had to do with him. None of it had to do with the Lord. It wasn't like I was having holy discontent. I could lie to myself and say I was, but it was missy. It was missy. And, and then I put a timer on my phone that then after one week told me how much time I spent on all of my different things on my phone. And I was absolutely horrified because it is the biggest time hole that I've fallen into for a very long time. So I'm fasting from social media and I feel so much better, so much better about, about doing that. But I will confess, I still will find myself tempted and be like, oh, maybe I'll just go on and just see, you know, mm -hmm. for the pictures or whatever. But, you know, the Lord has called me onto a fast and I'm going to be faithful. And before I even uploaded the picture, I prayed and I was like, Lord, if you are not okay with me going on to my page, like I have to do this because this is just mm -hmm. how I am, you know, make the page not load on my laptop. Mm -hmm. You have that power, Holy Spirit. And when the page popped up, I was like, okay, I guess I'm okay to post a picture. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's just, for me, a lot of times it's removing things or adding something to my schedule or to my life that that is meaningful that I didn't realize was meaningful. But I also fast from food too sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I generally don't know why I'm fasting. I sometimes have an inkling. Like I'm like, Oh, I'm fasting for me and for this group of people. Mm -hmm. And that's all I get. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I'm fasting for someone or something. But generally, there's not, I have no indication of why I'm fasting. Um, this Daniel fast that just ended here in January, I knew it was around my 2019 word. So th that makes sense. That I, that I did know. And I was surprised I got that much information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because usually you get nothing. I get nothing. And it's a matter of obedience and trust for me. Right. But... But this, so this time was really different on a whole bunch of counts. I had no physical reactions to getting rid of sugar and caffeine. And God gave me a clue about why I was fasting. So And, and both are okay because yeah. the Lord gives us what we need at that mm -hmm. time. Because there have been other times where I've had absolutely no idea. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, six months later, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. Which is important for journaling because um, mm -hmm. I can go back to when I was fasting and see like where in the word the Lord had me 
And like six months later, I might be like, that's why I was studying that particular part because today it is so applicable. And anyways, mm -hmm. but journaling, that's another thing that badass joy enthusiasts really should consider adding to their life mm -hmm. if they don't already mm -hmm. do that, because it's yeah. really cool to go back and see how the Lord has mm -hmm. worked and answered prayers that you didn't even realize. Yeah. And what's going, what's going through your head during fasting? That's hysterical. Yes. Yes. I gone back and read through some of my notes from years ago and I've actually laughed out loud. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. So fasting is always for the good. Always. It's never God punishing you ever. Mm. Let me restate. <laughs> fasting is never God's punishment ever. It's no. an act of love mm -hmm. that we, that we can enter into mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's always for our good. Always. Something is always transformed or removed or shaken loose or purged or whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. If you feel the prompting of, of God to fast and you follow through with it in whatever way that looks like for you and how it's called and however long it might be, God's in it mm -hmm. and trust it. Yeah. 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 And let us know. Yes. Let us Feel know. Feel free to comment, like, and share. Yes. <laughs> Let us know. Fasting is, and you will very rarely hear me use a definitive always, never. Karen knows this about mm -hmm. me, part of my legal background. But this is one that I can emphatically endorse. It is always mm -hmm. for your good. Yep. Yes. And on that note, Hesed and Shalom, Grace and Peace. Have a great day.